Welcome to Big Ten Spotlight. He is Deion Thomas, the leading scorer in all of Illinois fighting Illini history. And I am Aaron York. I'm the leader in most TikToks made about Penn State basketball in history. So that is is our background. And we both love Big Ten basketball. That is what brings us together. That is what brings you here, hopefully, and is what make you what make will make you like and subscribe to this wonderful podcast as we get started. So, yeah, let's just get into it. There's been a lot of action so far, and I want to get started with the biggest thing that's happened in the Big Ten, and that is Purdue winning the Maui Invitational. They sweep through Gonzaga and Tennessee and Marquette, and now be unanimous number one team in the land. I mean, no one can doubt that they're the number one team in basketball right now. The big question is, can they keep it rolling? I think people will hopefully agree with me and see that the, that they have vibes that remind me of the 2019 Virginia team that they got bounced by a 16 seed the year before. And then they came back and they won the whole, won the whole thing. And Purdue still got a lot to prove. People are going to say, Hey, wait till they get to March. Wait till the games really start to matter. But right now, they look like the best team out there. A ton of returning talent. Dion, do you agree with that? That this team has the potential to run the table and overcome all the questions that people are going to ask about Purdue basketball? Well, uh, let me start off by saying this. First, um, it's a pleasure to be sitting here, you and I, co-hosting Big Ten courtside on Believe on the Believe Network. I think this, you know, our pairing is going to be great. You know, you covering and having all of your TikToks of of Penn State. Man, do you realize my senior year is when Penn State came into the Big Ten. So that's how long it's been. (laughs) And now I'm sitting here with a Nittany Lion fan hosting the Big Ten courtside. Who would have ever thunk it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, now we're one of the old teams. Now we're, we're not even – there's so many teams that have joined since then. It's, it's people yeah. don't are going to think that we've been there since uh, since 1920 or whatever. Well, we're, we're definitely going to cover that in other shows because we got a lot of topics to come up with and, and to go over because you're right. There will be four more teams on the West Coast coming in next year. So, But let me get back to your, your question, Purdue. First of all, very impressed by Purdue, um, having played in this conference, having uh, played against Matt Painter, as well as his assistant coach, Brandon Brantley. Uh, great staff starting off. These guys and Paul Lusk, who I've known for many years, great staff, not surprised that they are where they are. And when you have an immovable force like Zach Eady. I mean, it's really hard, uh, you know, and I watch Zach, you know, covering Illinois basketball. I've watched Zach go up against Kofi Colburn, and I've watched him when he came in as a freshman when I was working with the Big Ten Network. So to see his growth uh, has been amazing. And I use growth, yes, pun intended, folks, um, because he's a big boy. And, but to see how he has improved as a player uh, has been amazing. But I'll tell you this, the two freshmen that are now sophomores, um, Braden Smith and, um, and Lawyer, they are the ones. And, and the addition of Lance James, you know, from Southern Illinois, the grad transfer from Southern Illinois, um, who's actually an Evanston guy. So he's from up here in my area. 
So that team is a complete team. And right now they may be the most complete team in the Big Ten. You have two really good guards in Lawyer and Smith that could shoot the lights out, that understand how to play the game. I mean, Brendan Smith really makes them go. He's averaging 13 points, six rebounds, and six assists. And this is from your point guard position. So if you can get a point guard playing like that, and then you get Zach Eady, who is, like I said, probably the most uh, dominant player in the country. Of course, last year, last season's Naismith winner. You ask, can they keep going? Yes, they can keep going. You know, they got upset last year when I saw that matchup. I thought it was a horrible matchup for Purdue. I knew they were going to be in trouble. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm clairvoyant or not, but once we hit the NCAA tournament, I started cheering for all Big Ten teams. But I, I knew they would be in trouble on that one just because of the style of play. And unfortunately, I was right. But this Purdue team is even better. And they're even better because one of, my, one of the things Coach Henson used to always say is the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. And that holds true with the two guards that I just mentioned. And then you bring in fifth-year guard Lance James to go together with what I believe is a well-rounded team. So they are for real. And if anybody thinks that they're not, then they better, uh, they better start watching them again. This team is solid defensively. They run a great offense through Zach Eady, who has become a much improved passer. So you can't double team him like they did last year and cause him, you know, all types of problems. But I, this team is more comfortable playing together. And like I said, with the great coaching that they have on the on on their sideline, oh yeah, this could be a big this could be a big time um, big time win for for Purdue. Yeah, I think those are the two biggest things. I think Braden Smith getting even better as a distributor. He's up to 6.7 assists per game on the young season. And then, like you said, Lance Jones coming over from Southern Illinois, and he was a volume shooter over there. He's going to be a more efficient shooter as he's surrounded by these amazing teammates. And, I, but yeah, no one's going no one's gonna to believe it. They go undefeated all the way until March, and people are still going to say, oh, they're going to fall apart. They're going to fall apart. But that's what they earned with that with that huge disappointing loss against FDU last year. And they're just going to have to deal with it. And we'll see how they handle the pressure. That's going to be fascinating all season. How this team that seems to have it all put together, how they handle the pressure and if they can overcome the odds once we get to March. So the next thing I wanted to get to was just we, we've there's been a lot of action so far with all these Thanksgiving tournaments and a lot of other important non-conference games. So let's talk about the most su surprising team. I figure we can each give one. I, I marked down a, a few candidates, but who's your most surprising team so far in a good way? And then your most disappointing team, a team that has not gotten out of the gates you, like you thought they would. Um, I, I'll say let, let's start with the, the other side of that. You know, the most disappointing team per se. Uh, I, I believe the the most disappointing team right now, and we have some teams that, you know, I could throw three of them up there. I could say Michigan State. I could say yeah. a Michigan team, or I could say Maryland. You know, <laughs> That's the whole three that I had, yeah. You know, those are, are three. But when you go back and you look at and you dig deeper into who these teams played and who they lost to, that that's where you have to, you know, you start to trim the fat and really get back to see, Who's the most disappointing right now? I, I'm shocked at Maryland. Um, I really thought Maryland 
you know, was going to be a lot better than what they were. They have great coaching on their sideline, great players, brought in some really nice transfers. So they're the ones that I would really have to say that I'm more surprised with and, and, and how they've struggled so far uh, at the beginning of the year. They have really not looked good at all. Um, and even when they in their losses, you know, you lose to Davidson, you lose to you lose to UAB. I mean, these are teams that you as a Big Ten team, you should never lose to. Now, I lost to Villanova. OK, I get that. Villanova is, is you know, historically yeah, lost to Villanova was just awful. They just and Villanova just lost at home last night to uh, to which was oh St. Joseph's is the St. Joe's in the big five battle. And when Maryland went there, Villanova looked like a juggernaut. They were just not competitive. Well, no, and that's the point. You know, they, they I think they're I think they will be better later as this team continues to you know come together and get to know, you know, learn their roles and buy into their roles. I think they will be better. But that has to be my biggest disappointment right now. And you talk about the 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 team that has stood out so far. How do you go from being one of the worst teams in the Big Ten to being undefeated? I mean, now, of course, once Nebraska, Nebraska – yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to see when Nebraska plays Creighton if they're for real. But, you know, they beat a struggling um, uh, Oregon State team. But none of their other wins really jump off the page on you. They haven't played great teams. They haven't played a great schedule. So we'll really see who this team is um, – when, when they play uh, Creighton on, on Sunday. Then you'll get to see who they are. And then they have to go on the road to Minnesota. Now, you know, Minnesota is one of those teams that you can put up there and say, yeah, you know, they, they've been a little surprising this year, especially how bad they were last year. But we'll see who they are on the road in a hostile location. You know, I don't, I don't know if you've ever been to the barn, A.A. Ron, but playing in the barn on that elevated floor it is not a comfortable thing, especially if you have not done it before. So it, it'll be interesting to see. But Nebraska would have to be my surprise right now, and my most disappointing would have to be Maryland. Yeah, I had both those teams written down. I'm actually glad you listed all the disappointing teams because I'm going to add uh, another disappointing team, even though they are – I'm probably the only one who actually had expectations for them. That's my Penn yeah. State Nittany Lions losing three straight – in Orlando, and it was fine. I lose to Texas A&M. Okay, Texas yeah. A&M's really good. They mm -hmm. were out for revenge because we eliminated, we destroyed them in the NCAA tournament last year, and then, of course, our, but you, almost our you, entire you, roster turned over. You you had a guy on that team last year, boy, that was an absolute beast, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jalen Jalen Pickett, unbelievable. And then uh, and then uh, Andrew Funk in that game just was nuclear from three-point range, so there was, yes. there was just nothing A&M could do to stop us. Uh, and then, oh, we were so close to being Texas. It was heartbreaking. But then, uh, for, yeah, for Penn State to lose that game. But then, and then I thought we were on even, even uh, footing with Butler. And Butler had lost to Michigan State by uh, a lot. Now it's probably Michigan yeah. State's best win of the season so far. So that, I, and, and Vegas agreed. I think it was like a one and a half point spread. And mm -hmm. then we just didn't get done against Butler. And then we got to Sunday. In the morning, 1030 in the morning, I'm like, great, this won't interfere with my NFL viewing. So this is fantastic. And it's VCU. Mike Rowe just left VCU. He brings Ace Baldwin Jr. over. He brings Kern Jr. over from VCU. So it's like, great, who do these guys have left? And what do they do? They shoot the lights out. We cannot stop them from getting into the paint. Uh, this team's defense is not where it needs to be. 
So that's my, that's my Penn State rant of the day. I know uh, <laughs> they're not the most marquee team, but you you listed the the Maryland disappointment. Penn State, I thought just get. I thought I really thought they had a chance to get two and one to be two and one. Kanye Clary, although he got hurt in the VCU game, he's been excellent so far. The one guy that, not the one guy, but the probably uh, the most important guy that stayed over from that Shrewsbury era was Kanye Clary, and he's our best player. So I feel lucky that he stayed. Very grateful for him. And it's just, yeah, also Michigan State. Michigan State, James Madison might not be that bad of a team. Ken Palm has them in the top 100, but you still can't lose to that team at home. Sure. And just watching that game with the performances they got from Malik Hall, who's played better since, and A.J. Hogard, who has finally gotten back on track, but they were so bad in that game. And now they then they just lost to Arizona out in California, and they played – Better they still lost, but that's almost even though Michigan State fans don't take moral victories, that almost has to seem like a moral victory because they looked like they belonged with Arizona, right. which the, their previous performances they uh, they didn't look like they belonged with the elite teams in the country. They also lost to Duke in that that annual Champions Classic. So Michigan State, I think they're going to get back on track based on how Hall and Hogard have picked up their game since that that uh, really disappointing James Madison game. Well, and uh, yeah, and, and uh, you already mentioned Maryland. So real quick, surprising team. Yeah, Nebraska hasn't played anybody, but they they're the way what they've done with the transfer portal with their front court has yeah. been really impressive by Fred Hoiberg. Uh, they, you know, Josiah Alec from UMKC. He looks like a really productive big man. He's his post game is really smooth. And then Rian Kamast, who's from the Netherlands, he played three seasons at Bradley. He looks mm-hmm. like he's just going to gobble up rebounds. And then they bring back Kesei Tomonaga, the incredible shooter from Japan, who was in junior college. And then I don't know how Fred Boy Fred Hoiberg found him, but he's going to be a star this year. So yeah, Nebraska. If yeah, we'll see how they match up against Creighton. That's definitely a game to watch coming up. And then who's my other surprising team? It was Ohio State with them beating Alabama in a game that happened over the weekend. I thought that game got lost in the shuffle. But it did. Yes. But the way well, Aaron, was, I think that's yeah. a, I'm sorry, that's a great segue. Uh but you, yeah, like, you want to talk Ohio State? We can talk Ohio State. Yeah, because they, they're one of those teams that I don't believe, and I know, you know, I, I have a Big Ten vote for player of the year and all of these other things uh, for my time with BTN. I did not see them playing the way they have. Now, of course, Texas A&M, they, they take that loss against Texas A&M, you know, have a, a mutual opponent, opponent as Illinois with the Oakland team. So I had an opportunity to watch Oakland University up close they're going to be, you know, probably win their conference. So if not, they're going to be right there challenging for their conference win. So that's a good win against a very tough team and a very, very well-coached team. And then they come back and, like you said, beat Alabama. Now, granted, in Columbus on their home court, but Alabama's pretty doggone good. And for them to go out there and get that win against Alabama, I can see why you would list them as one of your surprise teams because they have they're, they're they're cooking right now and they're playing extremely well. Yeah, and to your point, Oakland just took down Xavier in a big upset, yeah. and uh, yeah, like you said, they're going to be a really solid mid-major team. So 
another good win for Ohio State. And uh, what really stands out to me about Ohio State is the, the, the sophomore backcourt with Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale Jr. Thornton in that Alabama game was four of six from deep, 13 of 14 from the line. So he's doing, he's getting to the bat, getting to the rim, attacking the rim, mm-hmm. and also hitting from deep, scored 29 points. And Roddy Gale Jr., eight of 11 from the field in that game with 23 points. As a team, they absolutely just crushed it 56% on three pointers, and they take down a really solid Alabama team that people have high expectations for. So, yeah, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where Ohio State goes. Well, so, I mean, it, it, it's only up. I mean, because one one thing that they're going to do and what that yeah. uh, that coaching staff preaches is the defensive end of the, of the ball. And normally your offense is the second thing that comes along and your defense is first. Um, but for them to be, you know, those guys to start off shooting the ball the way they are. I don't think anyone expected them to be able to shoot the ball from three like that. And I wouldn't expect that every game. But if they can, you know, stay around at 37 to 40 percent, which they they did that game, if they can stay anywhere around there, they're going to be hard. to They're going to be hard to beat because they're really good with the ball off the bounce, spot up shooters. And they're going to become a very good defensive team, and, you know, because that's demanded uh, from their staff. So it'd be interesting to see. And I, I think they're only going to go up, you know, so looking forward to seeing those guys get going and get playing in the Big Ten as we. Um, move into the Big Ten schedule, you know, some sooner than later. Um, but Illinois kicks off uh, this weekend at Rutgers, uh, which is definitely not going to be an easy one. You know, I'll be saying never easy, never easy at the rack. Not at the Piscataway, boy. Yeah, the Ooh, they formerly known as the rack. Yeah. <laughs> they make you work in Piscataway. Now, what I don't like is the only thing I don't like about when I broadcast games there is most places I'm on the floor. In the rack, they got us way up at the top, ding, no, sitting at the ceiling. Man. Yeah, the press sits way up there. Yeah, <laughs> that I don't like. I like to feel like I'm in it, but no, it's a it's a tremendous place to play. Um, and in Illinois, you know, who I believe after watching them, of course, is a lot better than what they are. You know, sitting at well, I think 24 right now. I mean, if they beat Kansas. People say, well, it's an exhibition, but they did beat Kansas and they were in control of that entire game. And all of Kansas's players played, played hard, with the exception of the, um, the freshman from um, from Europe. I can't remember where he's from exactly, but he's he, he oh from Australia, not Europe, from Australia. And, and he's he's supposed to be really good. Still waiting to see him. Haven't really had an opportunity to see him yet, but he's going to be really doggone good. Um, so this game is going to be interesting to see how they get going and how Rutgers get going because Rutgers is another team that has been pretty impressive in their non-con. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting game. This Illinois, they they lost that tough one to Marquette at home. Besides yeah. that, they haven't played. A, although they also, you're right, like you said, they also played Oakland. So Oakland is their best win, but you want to see them against this Big Ten competition. Oh, and definitely. Rutgers, they lost tough opener to Princeton. And Rutgers is high expectations. They're expected to get back to the NCAA tournament with Steve Peichel after that really disappointing bubble battle they had last year where they just get left off. And a lot of people, including myself, thought they should have been in the Yeah, tournament. I was a little surprised. But, you know, they have a good win over Georgetown as well. And, and that's why you really have to pay attention to this Rutgers team. They they have a chance to be good. And, and they're lost to Princeton. Not everybody can play against a Princeton team. I, I, I've played them. We beat them in Champaign. 
They still play that same Princeton offense where it's slow as heck and they grind you and they shoot. And if you're not prepared for that, that, that makes for a long night. So I don't I don't look down my nose at that loss. And that's why this, I understand and I know this game is going to be extremely tough. Guys going to have to come out and be ready to play. But we got a good slew of Big Ten games coming up. You got Purdue on the road in Northwestern. Northwestern is one of those teams that you could throw in and say, hey, man, they're a little bit of a surprise, too. They're playing pretty doggone well. You bring back a, I don't know, Boo Booey seemed like he's been at, at Northwestern <laughs> yes, yes, for 20 years now. <laughs> but, you know, it all starts with your guard play. And, and Chris Collins, um, who I actually hosted on his senior visit to the University of Illinois, I was his host. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, exactly. That's how far I go back, Aaron. We got young and old on this doggone uh, pod right here, baby. Um, but no, he he does a great job defensively, of course, cutting his teeth under Coach K um, after playing for him. Heck of a coach has done things at North. I mean, shoot, he's only he's the only coach to take them to the NCAA tournament, and I think they'll be back there again. I mean, this team is really doggone good, but they're up against a mountain of a man. Um, it would end with Zach Eady when they, they played Northwest. I mean, when they played Purdue. Yeah. And one other thing about Rutgers, I thought they lost to Princeton at home. That game was actually played in Trenton. So technically closer to, to Princeton as I, uh, as being from New Jersey, Trenton right next to Princeton. So that was a neutral site game. Maybe they win that game if it's in the friendly confines of the rack. And then, on your Illini, I think, yeah, I think they are one of the most talented teams. They have they have so much experience bringing back Terrence yes. Shannon Jr. And they have all the, they have these super seniors. Marcus Damask from Southern Illinois is a guy from the forward position who could do it all. He had 3.8 yeah. assists last year in addition to being a good scorer. Dane Danger was just a monster in the paint last year. They bring him back. Quincy Guerriere, I, is that how you pronounce it? From Guerriere. <laughs> yeah. like French, right? Guerriere. <laughs> Exactly. He's he French Canadian. Oh, that's right. Right. I forgot. He's from he's from Montreal. Right. Right. All right. So he's a uh, yeah, two time transfer. He started Syracuse, then went to Oregon, now to Illinois. So he's well traveled. Then Coleman Hawkins is banged up right now. I got Luke Good coming off the bench. He can really shoot. So I agree with you about Illinois. They could be underranked by the AP, but. We'll see. They just gotta. They if they get into Big Ten play and go on a run, it is going to put the country and the conference on notice. For sure. Okay. So uh, let's see. Who didn't we get to yet? Oh, I I did want to talk about Wisconsin. They got off to a really slow start, got absolutely destroyed in Providence in that Gavit tip-off game. Yeah. But then they bounce back at the Fort Myers tip-off. They take down Virginia. Virginia looks really good. They just beat Texas A&M in their ACC-SEC challenge and i don't want to i'm gonna i could rant about that how the because of the espn contracts coming up there's no more big 10 acc oh, challenge that's yeah, terrible let's, let's talk about, no, yeah let's, it's awful. let's rail let's on that for a couple yeah, minutes let's, right yeah, now exactly, because yeah. that is terrible I, that is one of the and i understand you know i understand the business of college basketball i get it i get it but when we start destroying the history of college basketball, I think that's terrible. 
you know, the, the Gavit games, the Big Ten ACC challenge, all of these things are, are, are things that have been around the Big East, but have been around for decades, you know, and, and I think that should be should still be there. I mean, young people like yourself, I remember when those things kicked off, you know, and, yes. and then, you you know, you got all of these teams from that never get to play one another. Now they're finally playing one another during the season before the NCAA tournament. I mean, the television ratings had to be off the charts. And then you get rid of it. I don't. You know, I'm sorry. Let me get off my soapbox. I just think it's terrible. But no, yeah, I think I, think I a lot of don't work for I don't work for the television station, so yeah, you know, they they gonna do their thing. Yeah, I was surprised. I learned that a few months ago. Yeah, because ESPN not being not broadcasting the Big Ten anymore. The Big Ten ACC challenge goes away because that's an ESPN thing. It's all across ESPN networks. So now. Uh, Big Ten, they still have the Gavit tip-off games because Fox, they have that broadcaster partner yep. in common. And now we're going to start seeing Big Ten games on Peacock. Yep. And that's going to be a bit of an adjustment for fans uh, like me who don't really like streaming because it's hard to change cha- channels, harder to watch multiple games at once. But that is the deal they made. And, of course, uh, it's fine with football because you have NBC, you have the big broadcast stations involved. Sure. When you get to basketball, they start putting stuff on Peacock and they start putting stuff on FS1. There's just not as many channels as they had when ESPN was involved. Yeah, exactly. And baby. Yeah, it is all about the money, but big 10 fans will adjust. Yes, and will. right. So what I got started talking about, Virginia beating Texas A&M in that ACC-SEC challenge now. And then, and uh, yeah, Wisconsin beat them down in Florida over the Thanksgiving break. And they had, so let's, let me uh, bring That's kind of like Big Wisconsin Brother playing. Game. That's kind of like Big Brother playing Little little Brother. Yeah, their you know? styles so, are so similar, right? No, their styles are really the same. Out, yeah. You know, because that's where Tony Bennett cut his teeth. That's where he played, you know, his dad's. You know, all of that stuff comes from that Wisconsin uh, type system. So heck of a game. You're right. Beating a a really good what I think will eventually be a really good Virginia team. Both of them want to give you as many opportunities to score the ball as possible. But Wisconsin is is is. I think it's a little bit better than what they have shown. I mean, they they have the losses, as you mentioned. Uh, they went over. Uh, they lost Virginia, a tough one to they Tennessee. They lost Tennessee. a tough test. Yeah, home yeah, game test. Tennessee. Tennessee's really good, though. Tennessee is very good. Illinois has them coming up pre- here in a week or so as well. So it'll be a really oh, that is going to be a showdown, yeah. In in Knoxville, so that that'll be interesting to see how how that goes. But Tennessee's really good, and then they also have their other loss to Providence, which you know is a good basketball program. So, but I think that uh, any in Wisconsin will be a lot better. Um, that 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 offense that they run, and I call it Wisconsin basketball. That that's all it is. No yeah. one else in the country can do it the way they do it. Um, coach Guard over there is an amazing coach, and you know, you, you don't hear me say a whole lot of good about a lot of good. You know, a lot of the Big Ten teams. I will now since we are covering the Big Ten. But Coast Guard and what they do over at Wisconsin um, is, is amazing. I mean, and not just now, but this started back when I was playing. And and once they shifted and That's started. That's when I first got on the scene, right? Here, 
Yes, yes. I mean, with Rashad Griffith, you know, Howard Moore, who was, you know, more of a role player, but who's a really good friend of mine, um, who was who was there at that time, Mike Finley, you know, Tracy Webster. I mean, that's when they really started to turn things around and get better. And they've just been rolling ever since. And I think this the style of basketball that they play um, gives teams trouble. And, and that's what it'll eventually be as these young guys continue to grow in that offense and, and continue to understand what Coach Guard is looking for. Yeah, they remind me of Ohio State in this season because they are a perennial tournament team that missed a tournament last year looking to bounce back. And Wisconsin is bringing back so much talent with Chucky Hepburn in the backcourt and you have Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell in the yep. frontcourt. And they add A.J. Storr from St. John's who's going to give them some scoring pop from the outside. Yep. And yeah, I, I was really surprised when they got off to that slow start because I saw this team as with the talent they're bringing back and the motivation they have as being one that can make a lot of noise. So then when they went and beat Virginia, I'm like, okay, this is the Wisconsin I thought I was going to see. And again, they are going to be a team to watch and that we're excited to see. So the one other team I just wanted to get to real quick was Iowa, who has also played a lot of tough competition. They lost to Creighton, yeah. and Creighton might be battling with Marquette for one of the best teams in the Big East and one of the best teams in the country, so no shame yeah. in that. They also lose to an Oklahoma team that's supposed to be really good. And against Oklahoma, they just – Really surprising for Iowa. They went four for 23 from three. They really struggled to shoot the ball. But the player I wanted to talk about, and we talked about all these transfers coming into the conference and the impact they're having. This guy might have the biggest transfer impact. Ben Cricky uh, came in from Valpo, and he was a great scorer for Valpo. But now he's, I think he's even scoring more points per game on the young season so far than he did at Valpo. He is having a huge impact at Iowa. I don't know if you got to see him yet, but. He is just, uh, he's having a massive impact on this, this conference, big uh, Luca Garza vibes. Maybe he's not that good, but he's from the center or power forward position. He is going to have that kind of an impact. I think. Yeah. Cricky is kind of in that stretch five position. Like Luca Garza was definitely, I don't think I agree with you. He's not as talented as, as Gar. Well, I don't know if the motor motor is as high as Garza because, you know, Luca Garza was one of those players that got, the very best out of everything he had. I mean, he wasn't the greatest athlete. He wasn't the fastest, the highest jumper, the strongest. But, man, did his motor get him past a lot of people and got him into the NBA for, for a stint. But you talk about that Iowa team. This is one of the things, and Coach Fran McCaffrey is a master at getting guys to play uh, his style of play, which is a very up-tempo, offensive-based style of play. Yeah, I love um, that because they're the exact opposite of the football team. Everyone makes fun of exactly. them not being able to score. <laughs> and the basketball team is up and down the court, shooting threes left and right. Yes. It's just one of the most exciting teams to watch. I think that's so funny. No, it is, and that is that's great. You are you're definitely on opposite ends. He and Coach Farrens are are not the same. Yeah. You know, what, they do, what they are, two tough, hard nosed guys. You know, Fran being from Jersey, being from the East Coast, he is a a tough, hard nosed guy. But man, does he love his offense? And then the shifting and mixing up of defenses. So people always get on them about, oh, they're not a great defensive team, but they can outscore you. They're right. They're not a great defensive team. They're a good defensive team that can really put the ball in the basket. And you talked about Cricky. 
I mean, he's a kid that, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect with him coming over, um, but he has definitely showed up and showed out so far and has played really well. But this Iowa team has has some really solid players. I'm sorry, I don't have the roster in front of me, but co covering them last year and then still having guys come back, um, they've been really good, and, and they're going to be good. And this is a team uh, that has the coach's son out there, you know, little McCaffrey who can really stroke it and, and plays well when he gets going. Um, so this team is going to be tough. It, it's going to have to, you know, see how they are as they continue to grow. But they kick off their Big Ten season, you know, <laughs> against the mountain of a man again, you know, coming here December the 4th, they have to go up against Purdue. So it'll really be interesting to see how they get going. I don't expect them to win that game. I could be wrong because they're playing in West Lafayette. So I'm not really Yeah, sure. no one's going to be expected to win West Lafayette this year. That's exactly. Because just... that's what, you know, I, I saw, I watched a, uh, saw a uh, TikTok the other day and they were talking about the um, most intense places to play or, or best at the college atmospheres. And they were, you know, they were ranked right up there at the top. Yeah, Mackey's anyone up there. that has never played in Mackey, whoa, I have. And I'm going to tell you, that's a hard place to play. It, there's not a bad seat in the house. It's, it's a newer, as I put up my air quotes, newer facility, but it <laughs> looks like a high school facility. <laughs> But everybody's right there on the floor. All of the sound reverberates right down to the floor. So it, it gets crazy. And, you know, I love the Purdue fans, man. They, they get it rocking over there, boy. But that's going to be a tough contest, you know, between the two black and gold teams. You know, but Iowa, Iowa's good. If they can get kicking from cooking from three, they can make a day real long. Yeah, and Cricky be, maybe being able to pull Edie out to the perimeter where he's not as comfortable, maybe that can give – Iowa a shot at a big upset early on in the Big Ten season. So yeah, before we go, let's talk about this upcoming slate. There is a mixture of conference play, like we already talked about, games we already talked about, this uh, Purdue at Northwestern on Friday night, Illinois at Rutgers on Saturday, and there's also some really exciting uh, non-conference. Marquette at Wisconsin, we didn't talk about. Mm -hmm. Marquette, we've already seen play against Big Ten teams like Purdue, like Illinois, now they head to Wisconsin, a great rivalry game that always seems to be exciting. I think that like the last couple of years it's come down to the buzzer. Yep. Uh, so that's, and that, that will get you start early, 1230 start on also a big football day. So that's just gonna be a wonderful sports day on Saturday. I can't wait for it. And also Michigan going to Oregon is, as we talk about Michigan being one of the more disappointing teams, they, I, I thought they were they were going to be a surprise team when they got started with that that win against St. John's in the Gavit games, but yeah. they have dropped a couple since then. It was a tough. Yeah, they went one and two down in the Bahamas. It, that's a really competitive tournament. Also losing a Long Beach State, and you just can't do that at home right. up at Michigan. But they'll try to get back on track when they visit Oregon. Man, and, that's a tough game. Yeah. Or Oregon, Oregon's going to be a tough a, a tough environment for them. Um, this is Michigan is a team that's still trying to figure itself out. Uh, yes, yeah, so without but, Dickinson, Dickinson just just defined that team for the past three, four years. He did, and then you, you know, you, you of course you got your associate head coach coaching the team. Who, and you, you definitely got to stick with great coach. Has been a great coach when he was over at St. Joe's, but you're missing your head coach. 
You know, Jawan yeah. was who's a really good friend of mine. I mean, going all the way back to high school, uh, wasn't on the sideline. And, and so, you know, the people may not think there's a drop off there. There is a drop off there. And and part of that is maybe not the X's and O's, but Jawan's a great motivator. He, you know, he really gets those guys up, gets them going. So to not have him in some of those games, maybe you don't have that loss to Long Beach State. Maybe you don't have that loss to Michigan. Texas Tech is a good team, you know, and and then they showed that in that game. But maybe you don't have those losses um, if Juwan is on the sideline. But like you said, they're going, they're traveling to Oregon. They got a really big contest there. It's going to be very difficult, you know. The new addition to the Big Ten in in 2024, uh, the Oregon Ducks. So it, it'll be interesting. They get their they get their uh, West Coast swing kicked off <laughs> in 2023. So. Hopefully Michigan can come up with a win. Um, they're going to need that uh, to really gain some confidence as they move into the Big Ten season. Yeah, and two players who have stood out for Michigan so far, sophomore point guard Doug McDaniel scoring 18.4 and points yeah. per game and 5.6 assists per game. He is going to be a star in this league. And then the transfer from from Tennessee, I don't even know if it's uh, Oliver or Olivier Nakamwa, I think I have the Nakamwa part, right? That's the Yeah, you do. Good yeah. job. Good job, Aaron. <laughs> he is going to do his part in trying to fill that that void left by Dickinson. He's doing a decent job so far, 17.6 points and 7.3 rebounds. So we'll see. Michigan's they still got some talent. They still got some talent, and I'm gonna be interested to see what happens and if they can get back on track. And I think that is it. And then uh, on Sunday, we talk about Creighton at Nebraska. Is Nebraska for real? We're going to find out real fast. They take a huge step up in competition there. And then Minnesota visiting Ohio State. We like what Ohio State's been doing so far. So uh, they are going to be expected to handle Minnesota at home. When you have one of the bottom of the league teams at home, you've got to take care of business, especially the first game in conference play. They're going to want to get that off to a good start on Sunday night. And uh, anything else you got for these uh, this upcoming slate as we get into the early, that early sneak preview of conference play that we've had since the, um, for the past few years? Well, don't forget, we got Indiana, Maryland. Um, yes, Friday football. night, the opener. And yes, in Bloomington. So, you know, can Maryland turn it around? I mean, can Maryland turn it around with against a good, uh, Indiana team. Indiana is a solid team. And, and, you know, with Coach Woodson over there, again, a very a, a Bobby Knight disciple. So, you know, he's going to be defense first and, and love that motion offense. And Indiana is pretty doggone good. So can Maryland get the monkey off their back? That's going to be an interesting um, uh, game to watch and, and really be able to pay attention to. But other than that, big dog, congratulations on Big Ten courtside, the, the inaugural show. Excellent. Love it. I was going to add, well, I was going to add one more thing. I just, I saw Indiana at Madison Square Garden with my friend who's a diehard Indiana fan and Malik Renu and Kalel Ware. That front court is going to be a problem. They just, if they can get, if they can get some more production out of the backcourt and out of the couple of the high, highly recruited freshmen they have, they are going to be a really tough out, but yeah, they're going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to be expected to handle business. That front court is might be the best front court in the Big Ten. So, um, yeah, thank you. This was a fun debut. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you said, though, it's it's all the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. So as yes. time goes on, as time goes on, that Indiana team, I believe, is going to crank up. Yep. And yeah, thanks. This was a really fun debut. I like the back and forth. And this is going to be an amazing sports weekend. Hope everyone catches as much action as they can. And yeah, Big Ten courtside. We will be with you all season long. Yes, sir. Out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.